Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is amazing, by the way. What? Just this whole concept for the show. I love it. Oh, it's really? It's so cool. Yeah. It's like your dad's a legend. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> save your judgment, because when you read his story, which... Um, so, my wife, Tegan. Yes. Um, she got sent dad's story. And she got about three paragraphs in, and, and she said, I don't feel comfortable reading this anymore. It's upsetting me. And she, <laughs> so, so, hold off your judgment on the man until okay, you okay. read his stuff. It feels like we're going now. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. We're in it. Welcome to Loose Units. Uh, I have with me Jamie from My Dad Wrote a Porno. I assume everyone knows what My Dad Wrote a Porno is. Um, you shouldn't assume that. Uh, people get very confused when we're uh, when we're in, in a bar or something talking about a show yeah. with my two co-hosts, Alice and James, and we're saying, so with porno next week, what we should do, and you just see people going, what the fuck? Can I really? swear on this? Oh, yeah, God, What yeah. the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then we're like, oh, it's a podcast. It's about my dad who like, wrote this book. So not everyone does know. So my dad wrote this book. Terrible erotica. Yeah. Called Belinda Blink. I've got and... a copy right here, actually. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, so... um, <laughs> yeah, it somehow found its way into print. I don't know how. Um, and we read it out a chapter a week. And it's not actually as filthy as I think people might think it no, is. No, for me, the enjoyment comes from the problems with syntax and character. Exactly. And he continuity. really can't write. That's, that's the biggest problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's put the sex to one side. Spelling, grammar, yeah, characterization, narrative. Yeah. They're, they're my biggest issues, to be honest with you. But it is your dad. It's my dad, and, yeah. I mean, with loose units, I'm telling dad stories as well. Um, yes, this is the perfect collab. I think it is. It's a show about dads. Yeah. It's dad time. <laughs> but, but did you... Do you ever get... And I, you said not to go to Oprah, and I'm not going to go to Oprah. <laughs> but something that occurs to me every, like, three months... Yeah. As, you know, as I'm getting interviewed, or as the, the, the you know, we're going well on iTunes, or someone mm-hmm. says something nice about the show, and I just get hit by the, the very real fact that... Like, is it weird for you having a career based around someone else's content because I sometimes get like a touch of not imposter syndrome because I'm doing something new with it but is it is it I mean did you ever think you'd be like making a living off your dad's stories (laughs) no and neither did my mother uh for sure um it's a good question because yeah you might feel a bit like that but I feel like my dad wrote a porno is popular because of a whole range of things it's not just my dad's books it's my friendship with Alice and James, they're hilariously funny. Mm. We kind of critique the books together. So I always feel like there's Belinda Blink, then there's my dad wrote a porn, and they are quite different things. Yes. However, I love the fact that I've 
built this thing with my dad. It's great. And he's part of the business. He's as much part of it as the three of us. So it's actually quite nice to have done it together. And I guess you, you must find the same. Like You've done it together. Yeah. It, uh, There's yeah. a sense of achievement in that. It's like a little family business. But I'm, I'm guessing much like you, because my dad didn't... Because I came from a media background. Yes. And I had very, I But I had lofty ideas of where it could go. <laughs> right. And, and so I was approaching it from a very different angle. And I wanted to ask if your dad, like mine, was very naive going in and how much has the process changed him as a person? <laughs> naive going in? Yeah. He's still naive. He's brilliant. Is he? Well, he was a builder, so he kind of finds the whole thing exciting but ridiculous. Sure. Because the media is ridiculous. And he doesn't quite understand why people are so like emotional and like <laughs> prissy about things because right. he's so hardline. He's just easy to be on a building site. So he's like, can we do this, this, this and this, please? And then and everyone's like, we're not used to being spoken in such a forthright <laughs> manner. Like, and I'm like, Dad, you've got to massage people. He's like, why? Like, who cares? Um, so our agents in America and stuff are brilliant with him because they're so opposite to him. Yeah. Um, so he's found it kind of interesting to navigate a whole new industry, which I guess is the same for your dad. Yeah, dad's been really interesting. If you go back and watch the first, because I know Rocky doesn't appear yeah. on camera or on no. mic. No. Which is a really interesting point of departure, whereas my dad mm -hmm. has always been a storyteller. So right. when I was a kid, uh, I would walk in on dinner parties where he was telling groups of people boozed up about a dead body he found. Because <laughs> my dad was a cop in his early 20s. Yeah. And when yeah. we were in our early 20s, I assume you, like me, was just like an artsy, useless fop. Yeah, literally doing... Not, not, not doing much. Not a huge amount. We certainly no. didn't have guns and we weren't chasing <laughs> no. people in cars. <laughs> so dad would tell these stories and I would stagger into this room as a little kid and he would stop telling the story. And so he's always been very much about i think he always wanted to be front and center oh do you think yeah oh, that's interesting so okay. I, th I think he's a born show-off right and so throughout the process of the podcast because the book was very different right the book was me sitting down with him uh in private getting stories from him and basically turning them into the princess bride with guns and car chases yeah, yeah, yeah. so like a true story version and really like using it as building blocks to create something weird sure and different yeah yeah, yeah. but the podcast which has taken off more than we thought it would. Mm, it's uh, huge. It's getting big, which is weird, but it's it's the dad show. And because right. people queue up at the live events to meet my dad. I know. They don't care about me. Yeah, this is insane. <laughs> my dad does meet and greets for our show. Um, and yeah, people, they just, they literally barge past us and they're like, Rocky, oh my God. <laughs> and they just like tell him all that. It's, and it's so nice because my dad's kind of different. He He isn't really enamored by the whole kind of being front and centre thing. Like, yeah. he was very comfortable, I mean, some would say too comfortable, writing pornography. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of what he wanted to do, and he wrote it under a pseudonym to begin with. Obviously, his real name isn't Rocky Flintstone. Hate to break it to the world. Uh, spoiler. Um, so, kind of, when we decided to do the podcast, he was like, yeah, go for it, but just respect the fact that I chose to do this under a pseudonym. Sure. And so far, you know, people have been really respectful of that, and they haven't kind of, you know pride too closely into my dad's kind of psyche which is really nice so he he kind of gets the best of both worlds he gets to kind of be on twitter and show off and be rocky and then he gets mm. to go home and just be you know dad husband but we, we he's i mean husband he's got a wife you've mm. got a mum and and because yeah. my mum met dad on the force so they were both oh, okay. they were both cops and for ages mum fought dad on the podcast not stopping him doing it but saying i don't want to make a fuss I don't want my stories out there yeah well yours are kind of more sensitive because yours are about real people and real like real cases and stuff but so. surely yours are as well like I'm not saying no no I'm not saying Belinda's real come on but there's gotta be like <laughs> there has to be a degree of, and I know you've expressed this concern in the show occasionally because yeah. are you talking about 
And is your dad talking about his actual sexual desires and fantasies, or is it completely whole cloth fake? Well, for a start, I don't like the, the F word. I think it's disgusting. <laughs> Never say fantasies ever again sure. in relation to my father. Um, well, what's great about Blind Blink is that these scenarios can't possibly happen. Sure. You can't smoke up someone's arse. So I don't think that that's ever going to be from his life because it's from no one's life because it's impossible. So, and in fact, my mum said, said something quite interesting right at the beginning of the whole thing. She was like, I was just checking in with her after it kind of got a little bit big yeah. midway through season one. It kind of blew up and we were like, oh shit. I just checked in with my mum and said, are you okay with it? And she was like, yeah, it's fine. Like, whatever. Um, you know, one thing that I'm really comfortable about now is that I know that he's never had an affair because... He couldn't have had an affair because yeah. he's so inept that it's kind of <laughs> sure. endearing. And I think that's actually why people like the show, because it actually isn't about the sex, really, because the sex is so weirdly described. Right. Um, and there is a whole kind of innocence around my dad, which I think is really, really sweet. And I think that's why it's it's not this threatening, pervy old man. It's just a quite... An inept old guy, yeah. not really knowing what's going on. Yeah, I think that you're right. Which I mean, is comforting for me, absolutely, and my family. I think, and it gives you a, like a like a wall of denial. Yeah, if, if if it was really good, ero- that'd be way worse. Yeah, if he was a really good erotic writer, that would be horrific to me. So you don't think anyone has ever gotten like gotten horned up over your dad's writing? Oh, I'm sure they have. I mean, we have got people who come up to us and say that they listen to an episode. And then <laughs> together, and then they have to do what happens in that episode. Really? Together in bed. Yeah, which is a fun game. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it for every episode, but um, so yeah, the so, early pe- stuff. so people do. Yeah, exactly. It gets yeah, it gets weird. Yeah. Um. So yeah, pe- no, people do do it for sure. Uh, but it's it's just a bit weird. I just don't think I could. Okay, so Dad and I, I was raised never. Like, we'd never talked about sex in the house. Oh, okay. Well, were you the same, or were you no, fairly open? we've always been quite a liberal family about that sort of stuff. I think that might have helped me. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I've got three sisters. Oh, sure. So, there was a lot of talking <laughs> in my house, generally. Yeah, yeah. Talking about everything. And actually, it's interesting. Me and my dad are the quietest people at home. Really? There's just the four girls, and they are... I, mean, I saw the movie Little Women the other day. Sure. And I was like, oh, my God. That is literally... Like my childhood. <laughs> it's just all these amazing girls being brilliant. And yeah, the boys being a kind of an afterthought, really. Which maybe is there's something in that as well, that dad kind of just took himself off to the shed, started writing stuff on his own. That's I don't know. so strange, because my dad never had any creative outlets. And right. I still don't think he does. Does he not see the podcast as a creative outlet? I don't know if he does. Mm. I think... Okay, so it, the podcast is completely true. Yeah. And full disclosure to listeners, uh, Dad heard about this story and he wrote his own erotic story. I am so excited about this. I'm really scared because you... Have you got s- it? Yeah, I've got it with me. Okay, brilliant. We'll do it in a sec. But, I, but Dad, first of all, <laughs> I glanced at the first paragraph and one thing Dad's done that I don't like is that he's... It's about him. Yeah. Oh! Yeah! That's dark, isn't it? That's, yes. That's difficult. It's really hard. Okay. No pun intended. So, <laughs> and another thing he's done is I don't think... I think he's tried to write something that's sexy. I think See, he, this is the problem. I think he's tried. He's actually trying. It's like karaoke. You need to be a li- little bit shit. Yeah. You Otherwise, you're, you're judged. You're try hard. Yeah, exactly. if you tell, If you tell people you can sing... Yeah, there's, no, there's nothing worse than a kind of... 75, 80% karaoke singer. Hate it. Yeah. Do you, I have a few of those in my... Are you a karaoke person? Um, yeah, but I can't sing a note, so it's fine. Yeah, but that's not karaoke. I'm just really drunk. It's showmanship. 
<laughs> right? It's like enthusiasm. <laughs> and, and Rocky clearly like pours a lot of effort in, so it doesn't matter if the finesse isn't good. Yes. Yeah. So, so as far as like, I guess the Rocky karaoke version would be like singing Don't Wanna Miss a Thing from Armageddon. Yeah. Walking along the table and serenading people, <laughs> but really sloppy. Yeah. Whereas I think my dad is like a first year, like amateur theater oh, graduate. Oh, right. But I mean, I, I don't want to- go at Les Mis, yeah. thinking that he's nailing it. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to ask about your mum. My mum- had her arm twisted and came on the show and did two episodes of stories about her cases. Wow. Is there any chance of your mum's erotic, I'm not going to say the F word, mm. but is your mum, has your mum ever come up to you and said, I've got a story, Jamie, can I tell my story? Categorically, there is 0% <laughs> chance of that happening. And, and is that um, because she knows what happens when that does yeah, happen? She, yeah, she, she, she's learned. She's learned the lesson. No, she doesn't care. My mum's way too busy. And cool doing her own shit. Like, she she finds this whole thing hilarious and a bit of a kind of annoyance in her life. She's like, oh, we're going to have to go to Australia. Okay, fine. Sure. We'll do that for this time, but then we're going to do what I want to do. <laughs> Which is kind of a healthy way to look at it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, she's 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 great, but she's, she's not in any way kind of um, into porn at all, really. Oh, good. I actually wanted to ask about listeners. Mm. So, I assume that up until... Up until your live shows, your interactions with listeners were fairly abstract because interacting with people online is an abstract process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you started meeting fans, um, how weird did it get and how fast did it get weird? Because most fans are like the most beautiful people on earth, but because your show is about something fairly confronting as mine is, I mean, obviously one is very different from the other, Mm. but uh, what's the weirdest interaction you've had with a fan that you are allowed to talk about? That um, they're just very open, right? Which is lovely, yeah. Because I mean, you must find this as well. Being a podcaster, there is an intimacy to the medium that people who listen to your show every week really oh. do feel like they know you. Yeah, well, they kind of do. Yeah, well, that's what I would say. Yeah, because yeah, you know, a lot of people are very nervous to meet us, and it's always a bit like, why you literally know us better than like most of our friends? Like, yes, you but, but, but you us. don't know them though. No, so there's a weird power imbalance, mm. which which is always quite difficult to confront because they are kind of looking at you in some way, and you and it's really hard to to communicate with somebody in an organic way when they know so much about you and you know nothing about them. Yeah. But once you can kind of get over that, people are really, really nice. And and yeah, just really, they just overshare a lot. We had one the other day and there's a line in one of the books that he's, one character's having sex with Belinda and, and Dad says, he she gave him the friction he needed to complete his, his ejaculation or something. Yeah. And this woman comes up to us with her boyfriend and goes, so we were having sex the other day, and he was nearly there. And I said, have I given you enough friction to complete your ejaculation? And he literally went floppy immediately. Wow. Yeah. You killed him. Yeah. He, and he had to just, like, pull out, and they had to just, like, watch Netflix. It was the saddest end to the story. Jesus. But it proves that my dad's stuff isn't sexy. Even if you're really into it, it's not sexy. Um, and someone once told us that they lost their virginity because of the podcast. That was a crazy one. Jesus. Um, yeah, they were really scared about having sex. They, I think they just kind of built it up in their head to be like this big thing. Right. You know, when you're younger and it, you know, it, is, it is a big thing. It and is, then, but, it's, ne- but it's, never, it's never, ever, ever, ever good the first time. No, ever. And I think, but I think people can get in their head about that and, yeah. you know, the expectation and the, I don't know. Yeah. And <laughs> they were listening to the show and they realized that actually sex can and should be fun and funny and 100% it's not the way that people kind of perceive it especially when you're younger so yeah, yeah through them understanding that there's a brevity to sex they manage to actually have sex for the first time which is mad and when someone's telling you that you're just like 
Okay. That's th- that. Thanks for sharing that with me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so it, everyone's always very nice, but they they are just very, um, very intimate with you. They they just tell you really personal stories. I know that there was a um, phenomenon a few years back of Hollywood properties, TV shows, movies being given triple X movie parodies. Yes. yes. Have have you? been approached about a real point. Yeah, we have. Really? Pornhub got in touch. Really? They asked, yeah. And Well, we you- were a bit like, have you listened to the podcast? Because I don't <laughs> think you want to make this. Unless you three, <laughs> unless you three, unless it just pauses every 30 seconds. Yeah, we're just like commenting <laughs> on it. Can you imagine? Oh, can a bone and a killer. Just have you, okay, have it done on a soundstage and just whip, whip pan across <laughs> to a window of the three... <laughs> We're just like spying through. Um, yeah, it was just, it was so weird. Cause I was like, I don't like, if we could be responsible for bringing down Pornhub, which we would yeah, sure. if they made those into actual pornos. Um, yeah, I think they just must have heard that it was a successful thing and they wanted a part of it. But You think it's just the money they want? Well, but yeah, but then how does that business model work? I don't even really understand all of that I, I don't stuff. Know. Yeah, because we had actually the, the, a guy called John Ronson, who's a great documentarian on our show, who'd, who'd done a podcast about the porn industry, the real porn industry. Yeah. And about the kind of how Pornhub and all of these free um, sites for porn is just destroying the porn industry. And that actually no one can afford to make stuff anymore because it's immediately ripped and put on Pornhub. So I'm, I was a bit like, that's very flattering that you want to make Belinda Blink the porno. Uh, but where are we getting our money out of this? I don't see any, any kind of upside for the viewer mm. or the creator, <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you. So it's kind of a lose-lose, but... It was, it, was a, it was very nice to be asked. But you're from the UK. Mm. Uh, I mean, the U in the UK is disputed at this point. <laughs> yeah. But I always thought that the the UK, specifically England, was, was very repressed sexually. Or very like, you know, like very... Yeah. And is that, is that, is that completely untrue? Do you know, it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting one. Because I think on one level it is true. Um, but then there's this whole heritage in the UK of this kind of bawdy sex humour. Yeah. Like the carry-on movies, oh, those yeah. kind of like um all those seaside resorts like Blackpool and things where that you know all these postcards are like naked people on a beach. There's a real kind of humorous sexual history to the UK which which we'd never really thought about until we started making the show and people ask you about that sort of thing particularly in America. Yeah. And we were thinking about it one day and we were like actually there is an interesting kind of history of that very open sexual expression but I think people think of England as being just the upper classes and people being very you know posh and the royal family and yeah I'm sure though well they're saying that they're dirtbags as well so actually no I don't think that anybody <laughs> in the UK is particularly prudish actually I remember those stories about like uh priests during you know the 17th century who would travel to capital cities and they'd had so little physical contact with women that they'd brush up against them in in like uh in rail cars in railway stations and just and just, just, just their spontaneously pants. come yeah, yeah because they were so <laughs> there was some because when it's like the tube I don't know if you've been on the tube I'm joking. I, well, the tube, is, <laughs> the tube is very round and hard and long, so it's all there. It's basically a phallus in, in of itself. Yeah, but the thing I realised is that by by telling people to not talk about sex, you're constantly talking about sex. Yes. Don't talk about sex, and it brings up this... By, by pushing people away from that one thing, it's like if you tell people not to light buildings on fire, they suddenly want to... Maybe that's a bad metaphor. <laughs> but I think maybe by repressing English yeah, society, yeah, yeah. you've basically created this entire undercurrent that like everyone just turns into Sid James with a twirling bow tie. Right. Yeah, yeah, that noise, right? And I just think those carry-on films are such... It's just the tip of the iceberg, you know? Oh, for sure. But, you know, we've done a lot of work in America now with this show. And, and how are um, they with sex? Are they repressed? Totally different. Yeah, thank you. 
Um, can I just say, this bottle is incredible. It's a bottle of wine that has got a woman in a negligee and silk stockings. <laughs> just She's just crouching, waiting to be entered by and, some man at the window. And what's the wine called? Uh, the wine is called Quickie! Oh, what a gal. Oh, what a gal was Quickie. I don't think I understand it, but anyway. That's fine. It's an Aussie thing. Yeah. We are so repressed, by the way. Are you? Well, so this is, yeah, so I think America's very repressed... Australia, like how so? How do you feel? I think maybe it's not that we're repressed. I think we've actually bifurcated down the middle. There's a big word. And we've Mm. got like, at once we've got a very Judeo-Christian, conservative, stalwart, kind of baby boomer-esque approach to things, to sex, to politics. And then we've got the other direction, but there's no in-between. It's so interesting because I think we don't have that so much in the UK because the kind of more conservative wing of our, certainly with our politics and stuff, I mean... Every third week, particularly like a few decades ago, you couldn't move for a sex scandal in, in the Conservative Party. Like the 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 the, the right wing are the they're like the randy ones. They're the ones that are always getting caught with their trousers down. What happened with the pig? Was that a thing? <laughs> David Cameron and <laughs> yeah, the pig. Yeah. Who knows if that's true? Yeah. The story was that when he was at university, I think it was, or maybe even school. I don't know. Sure. He was member of a very high class like fraternity thing. Yeah. And yeah, he fucked a pig. Who knows? I mean, it's the sort of thing that. No one's surprised that from that kind of sector of society. You're like, oh, sure. Yeah, I, it does strike me as odd that no one pushed back hard on yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was pushing hard on the pig, so... Sure. You know. And, you know, like, um, I was going to make a curly straight joke. That's fine. <laughs> Do you, has, this, has this show ruined sex for you? Because I don't view police the same anymore. I can't, because I know things about them I didn't know before. Has talking about sex so much... Has it enhanced... I, <laughs> enhanced. Yeah. It's so much better now. Yeah. Um, it's an g- interesting question, actually, because I do get asked it a lot. And I don't think it's changed either way. Oh, okay. You would think that it would be weird. But then because, I don't know, I think there's a thing about our show, because it's so much bigger than the show now, if that makes sense. What, sex or...? No, just what I'm talking about within the realms of the show. It's not like... Yes. We, 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 we don't really talk about sex that much in the show. It's mm. about... All the, and, you know, my dad started writing story now, which is kind of interesting. It's like a spy book. So, actually, the sex element is such a small part of the book that it... I know that's the thing that kind of is the hook of the show, but it's actually not the, the, the bulk of the show. So, it's not like I talk about sex all the time. No, it's a garnish. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just seasoning. It's a, know. Dr- it's a dreadful salty seasoning. <laughs> it's horrible salty <laughs> seasoning. Um, so, yeah, I don't think... It, I mean, maybe, but then maybe it has psychologically. I don't know. Um, I'm not asking. But you I don't to- think it has. It's an interesting one though, because you because you're right. You would think that it would in some way inform your life in what you're talking about all the time. But yeah. um, and maybe because it's my dad, I'm just like I can't even go there. See, I think what's happened is because your horror at the brazenness of his imagery mm. petered out pretty quickly. There is a, yeah, like I there's 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 like fatigue sets in. There's only so much that you can be shocked by. Yeah. You know, and Dad kind of he nailed that pretty well in season t- by season two. There's yeah. a whole bit where some guy gets a dick transplant and it's like falling off and flaking. And I remember, yeah, yeah, was it blue I mean, cum or something? Blue cum, yeah. Honestly, after that, I was like, do your best, Dad. Like, you, you know, what you, worst. you sound like someone who's come back from war and <laughs> they are so numb, <laughs> so desensitized. So the horrors. No, there is some truth in that. I kind of have this. I'm just... Because even now, like, our latest stage show, you know, we're touring around the world with it. Um, That's why I'm here. It is fucking rank. Right. People are coming up to me at the end of the show being like, that was really rough. (laughs) Dreadful. And there's there's a bit at the end and you're like, fuck me. I'm just reading it. 
I mean, okay, I'm a bottle deep in wine yeah. by that point. But I'm still just reading it kind of like, eh. Because for me, I've maybe just kind of desensitized. I've kind of disconnected. Yeah. Um, I have the same thing. Because I find myself running stories by people mm. and they are horrified. Because there was a story about a girl who got sawn in half by a train and she's and dad's holding half of her and she's still alive for some reason, right? <gasps> and it's a really intense story. I have heard that story- How long was she alive for? About 30 minutes. So dad's <gasps> with her under the train cradling this girl and she's asking for her dad and then dad met the dad later on and then he remembered that my mum was pregnant with uh, me at the time. So it became this horrible cyclical story about fathers and daughters and all this other oh stuff, right? Oh my God. And I just, and I, first time I heard the story, I was physically ill. Right? It's a different kind of illness to like the, the, the sex stories, right? Yeah. And I'm sorry to have the gear yeah, changed. really kind of changed the, so, uh, the so mood so in the room. Is, <laughs> she's got some more wine. Cheers. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> Lucian is presented by Buzz Killington. <laughs> but what I will say is that I don't get affected by that story. And don't get me wrong. I, yes. I remember right. being affected so I can tap into that if I need yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if I'm on stage telling the story... I can draw on what it used to feel like to be affected. Yeah, you know when yeah. you look at a like a tool sh- uh, like a like a wall of tools in like your dad's shed, and there's the silhouettes where the tools are. Yeah, the tool's gone now, but I can tell yeah. by the outline what right. was once there. So, but telling these stories over and over, I have grown so accustomed to the horrors of my dad's stories. Yeah, nothing like dad did, obviously, but I. I just can't, I can't be affected the way I, I am anymore. And so once we get past yeah. the horror of the stories, it's become more, it's become less about the um, trying to upset people with graphic imagery, mm. different kind of graphic imagery, obviously. And it's become more about me and my dad telling stories and joking around. Yeah. So as the show's gone on, it's become more it's evolved. about- Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I didn't anticipate that happening. Yeah, yeah. And so I wanted to ask you, has your relationship with, and I'm sure you get asked this all the time, mm. but has your relationship with your dad changed and evolved as the show's gone on? Hugely, actually. Mm. And is continuing to, which is really interesting to me. Because, yeah, like, initially it was it was really odd. Yeah. And it was a kind of... Novel, right? Yeah, and just a bit different. And my dad's mental, I should say. Like, he's crazy. He's brilliant, but batshit. Sure. Like, he's never been, like, normal, really. If you could, uh, just for listeners... Because I've obviously I've never met Rocky. No. But how would you? Could you compare him to an existing fictional character? Just so I've got an image in my head. Um, he's very similar to. Have you seen Meet the Fockers? Yes. Dustin Hoffman in that movie. Oh, great! Like he's. In fact, my parents are basically Dustin Hoffman and Barbara Streisand in that film. Fantastic. Um, that's very similar to who they are. Sure. Yeah, that's probably the, the most, the closest. Yeah, it has changed, and it's. We've got to a place now where I'm just so enjoying working with him and him coming on tour this. This is the first time he's been on tour with us. Oh, lovely. And that was... I was kind of really... Not dreading it, but I was apprehensive about it because I was like... I didn't want to kind of revert back to being a sulky teenager and being like, I'm a dad. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I found that happening to me on tour as well. You know, because yeah. it, it's an interesting dynamic, a father and a son. And mm. you know, my mum's there, which is great as well. But I've just loved having them on the road with us. It's been so much fun. And Alice and James are, have been close to them for, you know, 15 years, whatever. You can tell. So we're all, like, they're basically like my siblings at this point. So it's actually been nice for all of us to kind of do it as a gang. Oh, and the fact great. that we're all doing it together and that all four of us get to be, you know, in the theatre and just hit. And for my dad just to hear... The response That's so on the nice. other side of the world. Like yeah. he's, at, he's at the Sydney Opera House and he's listening to people cheer his name. Are I mean, you, that's insane. Are you worried that will change him at all? No, because he he doesn't care about. He's got a really good balance between what's important and what's not. Even though he people think that he's like this kind of 
I mean, and, and he is he is eccentric, but he knows that none of it's really real. You're sure. Like, Rocky isn't real. You know, the success of this is, you know, it's ephemeral. It's not going to be there forever. He, he He's just very... Yeah, he's been around the block a few times. I'm sure your dad's the same. It's like, yeah. No, he's not. Oh, really? I'm I'm genuinely concerned that my dad is like going full. You know, they're like the cliches of rock star superstardom, right? Where, <laughs> oh okay, my so, God. So when I was doing stand-up. What's on his rider? That's the big question. His rider's insane. It's like it's like all the blue M&Ms, right? And just like a moist <laughs> towel at a specific temperature. But what I worry about is that the... Okay, so your dad has the shield of an alias. Yeah. My dad doesn't. Yeah. So the book literally says John Verhoeven. We changed people's names, but the book is me yeah. talking about my dad. The podcast, suddenly it's just him facing an audience talking about things he did. Hmm. And so he can't hide behind a Rocky Flintstone style yeah. alias. And it's not that I'm concerned that dad will become warped by this, but it's a weird thing to suddenly have crowds baying for you specifically. I do occasionally worry what it must be like to be in your late 50s, early 60s mm. and suddenly be quasi-famous. Yeah. Do, do you ever worry about what will happen when that, if that goes away for Rocky? No, because it will. Because it does for everyone. <laughs> sure. You know, no one's famous forever. And he's not famous, you know. And what's nice about podcasting is that you're in a little, you know, people know about you if they know about you. And if they don't, they'd have no idea who you no, are. No, you are correct. So yeah. there's a really nice kind of... It's a real community. Yeah. It's not like you're a reality TV show star. We are, we are chasing the next island yeah. or the next house or whatever. And you haven't done anything and you're, and you're suddenly everywhere. Sure. And there's no judgment on that. Yeah. Um, one of my very good friends is a reality star. And I have no judgment on that at all. But it's just a different way to kind of access that sort of mm. adulation, whatever it is. And I think for Dad, it, he because he, none of us expected this to be a thing. Obviously, I mean, I mean, on paper, it's the most ridiculous success. Like, guy reads dad's terrible porn. I mean, what, yeah, that's going to be a world-beating podcast. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's like, a good. I mean, it's a good. The thing is, it's a good elevator pitch, right? And what, yes, it's concise in yeah. its <laughs> concept. Yeah. Um, but you know, but it's it was net. You know, so what I mean is, we 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 we. I mean not to sound trite, but like we got into it for the right reasons. Mm. We got into it because we wanted, because we found it funny and we wanted to make people laugh. Yeah. That was it. There was no expectation of it being, you know, of us playing, you know, Radio City Music Hall. That's just happened because of the success of it. It's so delightful. Which is lovely. Yeah. But it also means that we don't, not that we don't care, because that, that is, you know, disingenuous and mm. that's not true, but mm. we aren't affected by it because it, it, it was never something that we particularly coveted. So actually... It doesn't like if if and when it all disappears. Yeah. that was a great ride. How fun was that? Yeah, Dad, let's go to the pub. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it isn't something that we have any expectation of in 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 terms of its longevity or 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 what it, it isn't that like we're feeding off what we're getting from people. Yeah, you know we're very content as a family unit. That won't change whether the podcast is happening or if people forget about it ever happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, as long as you can look at it in that way, but then I have the luxury of, like you say, he's not on stage. He's not. Because <laughs> it is weird being on stage and having thousands of people yeah. cheering. It's confronting. Is weird. Yeah. 
It's, and it's very strange. And I, I've actually found, I don't know if you found this, but I've done live shows for 10 people and like 5,000. And the thing I've noticed is I find it easier when it's a really big crowd mm-hmm. because it's like, for I, sure. I can't even, it's, Eddie Izzard did this bit about like, if one person dies, it's a murder. If two, it's a tragedy. If it's a million, you're almost like, oh, well done. Because your brain can't. Yeah. You can't comprehend that. Yeah. Yes. It's and, not personal anymore. It's it, just a number. Exactly. Yeah. And I found that dad's really processing the crowds at our live shows really well, but oh God, it's such a surreal trip. And you're right. It's a bubble. It is, yeah. And it, and it is such an unnatural state. Yeah. Because again, it's about that weird power imbalance, which I find, because I never wanted to be a, a performer in any way. It's not something that's ever been, you know, on my radar <laughs> really? at all. Yeah, not at all. At all? At all. At all. And my best mate said to me once, we did a show for HBO in America and I was kind of freaking out about it because it was scary. And he was like, and I was like, I don't want you know, people to think that I'm just, you know, like, what am I doing? I can't present a TV show. Like, and my, dad, my mate was like, Jamie, no offence, but no one's going to think that you're the sort of guy that had always wanted to become famous. You just don't. You don't look like the sort of guy that's been chasing fame, mate. Uh, you can tell. You can tell people like, who are hungry for it. Um, we've not talked about. We've not talked about sex nearly enough. Yeah, um, but deep here, Paul. Like, thank you very geez. much. Balls deep. But this is a <laughs> this is a crime podcast as well. So what I wanted yeah, to do. Well, my my dad's is. My dad's book's true crime, obviously. Oh, the new one is? No, the, all of it. You know, it is a crime of literature and pornography, so it is true crime. What's well, a crime of passion? <laughs> <laughs> and it's a hardcover. Very hard. So Very hard. I've come up with a game called Horny for Justice. Okay. So I am going to list British crime characters from British TV shows. Oh, great. Okay. And you need to rate them on a scale of one to five on how perverted you think they'd be in the sack. Okay. So what I'm going to do, do is I, I need to know them. Can I can I can I just go off their name alone, or do I need to know who the characters are? In order to circumvent any awkwardness, there, I've got pictures of them for you. Okay. So you can. I'm not a huge. Oh, like some of these I am watching. I just I just assumed that everyone in your like geographic orbit had like a genetic memory of these shows. Now well, maybe I have. Maybe I mean I don't watch that much TV, but okay. Well, just just grab the iPad and I want you to swipe each time I give you a new person. Oh, shit, okay. So this is horny for justice. You can yeah. see the first person on screen. Okay. Yes. So a one to five rating, and I want you to describe what they would be like in a, in an intimate setting. Okay. Oh, okay. So first up, we've got Inspector Morse. Yes, John Thor. The actor. You are familiar. Um, well, he's a legend. Of well, course. but what would like what would Inspector Morse's? Um... I think he's really actually quite dirty. Really? You, like he's old. So you'd think he wouldn't be, but I think he's like <laughs> fuck it. I'm nearly dying. Like I'm just gonna go all out. You think as uh, the Wolf of Oblivion laps at your door, you become less totally, totally. Like he, like I reckon. I don't want to like lower the tone, but prostitutes. Really? Big time. All right. Well, uh, on to the next one. If you want to swipe. Okay. Inspector Frost. <laughs> the opposite. Oh, is really? True. Yes, this is David Jason. I know the actors. He's, oh, yeah, of course. Because um, he's he's Del Boy, really, in, right. the, in, the, in the world of the UK. Do you watch Only Fools and Horses? You're familiar with that reference? I am vaguely familiar. Okay. Institution. Um, but, I so, want you, but, but I want you to take like I want you to take him so and him the character. As the character. Yeah. What's his name again, the character? Inspector Frost. Frosty. Frosty. He is not going to be... I think he's quite repressed sexually. I mean, he's wearing an anorak, for God's sake. Eunuch? Maybe not a eunuch, <laughs> but maybe he hasn't used it in a while. Sure, right. So it's still... I feel... On... Maybe, maybe... I'm getting vibes of, like, maybe never married. Kind of a bit lonely. Sure. Um, but, like, really nice. Like, nice guy. So just waiting. Just waiting for the right woman to come. It's just wrapped up like a Yorkie. It's not... <laughs> 
stop it. You and that to... hat. I mean, yeah. not, he isn't going to get laid in that hat. No. All right. So next we've got um, David Suchet's Poirot. Oh, my God. I mean, attention to detail. So Belgian, right? Oh. The character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not French. That's an important distinction. Yes. So not as kinky as a Frenchman. What is that thing he says? The little, the little, the grey matter. The, you know, he, he has that thing he says. I, I feel like when someone's really detail oriented, do you think that translates to the bedroom? Do you yes. think like, I'm talking like gadgets? OCD. Sure. Oh, you mean gadgets? I think like gadgets. Oh, like what? Like, what, I, like really, ex- like really technical dildos and things. Well, I mean, no, I mean, think about the time period he's in. They had dildos all the way through history. Paul. Look at these are steam powered at this point. <laughs> it's got a piston. Deal with it. Um, it's not the most accurate, but it's got power. His pubes um, are waxed into points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the moustache is is worrying. Yeah, that makes you think that he's he's an, yeah, like you say, attention to detail. Yeah, very trimmed, very precise sure. down there. Um, and Men- yeah, like I think he's 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 probably into it. Men or women or both? He's, he, that's a bit of a both. I think it's a both. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yep. He's wearing lots of linens and cream colours. He's kind of suave, isn't he? But he's, but he's also he's kind of asexual, honestly. Well, he's like a cartoon character. Like he doesn't like he, that. Doesn't look like a real person. Well, if you're asking me if I'd fuck the Pink Panther, the answer is emphatic <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every day. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I think like he's he's into it, into it all. Yeah. Okay. So one out of five. What would you give him? I, I say four. Yeah. All right. He isn't as big as Thor. Who was John Thor? Who was Inspector Morse? He's yes, a solid five. Okay, great. Uh, we've got Miss oh, Marple. Oh my god! I mean, literally any any iteration of Miss Marple. Now you can either rate her present day old lady Miss Marple, like okay. you know, Neighborhood Watch, or yep. you can tell me what you think she used to be like when she was in. Her no, I'm going to go what she's like now. Right now, okay. Because I think she is lovable, sure, but adventurous. Hold up! What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. So I think she's been with the same guy for a long time. All right. But like, she goes there. Right. She's up for new adventures with the same guy. With the same guy. But is he dead? No! Is she using crime fighting to stave off? <laughs> <Do you know? laughs> He's just in a huge 
like tank in her basement. No. Are, you, are you implying there's an off-screen bow for Miss Marple? <laughs> Is she famously a spinster? I don't, can I be honest? I've never dived into Miss Marple. However, yeah, one iteration of Miss Marple was played by Angela Lansbury, who I, I mean is a massive. Oh, wow. Yeah, Angela Lansbury. We can we can do a pivot towards um, Jessica Fletcher if you like. She's not British. Oh sure. I actually weird tangent. I actually look, w- w- walked around a country estate house with Angela Lansbury once. Are you serious? She was so nice. Yes, in London. I think no. Uh, yeah, I think I think a solid like like two and a half. Okay. Like, she's stable, yeah. but kind of a bit adventure. Like, she wouldn't immediately say no to stuff. You know, she's not just missionary, you know? Like, she's she's up for things, but nothing too crazy. Right, okay. But she's open, is my point. Sure. I mean, not literally. I mean, she might but, be. You know, uh, I doubt she's into, rain, into anal, that's what I'm saying, okay. But you're saying maybe? I'm saying she's, she's open for the conversation, but it'll never happen. Do you okay. know what I mean? She'll have the conversation. Yeah. All right. Cool. This is normal. Um, we've got Brenda Blethyn playing Vera. So Vera is like really. Oh my god! Isn't she from like the northeast? Debbie Downer. But at right. the same time, she's cl- she's she's okay. So she lives alone in a house on the moors. Her dad was in okay. a taxidermy. She's got massive like PTSD issues. Oh well, she's a fucking. She's at the torture gardens every fucking Saturday night. Then isn't she? There's no torture garden on the moors. Oh, she'll find one. And right. if there isn't one, she'll, she'll set build one. Up. one. Yeah. Yeah. With the taxidermy. They only ever show the one room in the house. Do you know what I mean? There's a back exit, literally she and figuratively. She is not living in a studio apartment. There, is, there are other rooms, and we know what's going on inside there's, those rooms. There's a there are dungeon. gimps everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, look at her. She's disgusting. She's into it. I can't stand her. Really? No, I mean, she's so filthy. <laughs> <laughs> she's like a sexual pitcher plant. The hair's all poked <laughs> downwards. Once you're in, you can't get out. Yeah, she looks... <laughs> and kind of moody. Yeah, and she's kind of aggressive. Because nothing says fuck me like an anorak. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been to England. Uh, the sexiest of wardrobe. Just spitballing. Okay, next up we have Rumpel of the Bay. Rump. Wow. Now, I like the wig because it would give me something to hang on to. Okay, but this guy's a judge by the looks. Or, or like a barrister. He's like high up, like a QC or something. Okay. So he's very like into discipline. Yeah, he looks like he... <laughs> but if you were going to cast like a young, hot Rumpel, who would you cast? Oh. Who voices Paddington? Ben Whishaw? Ben Whishaw. He'd be perfect. You think? Yeah. Oh, okay. Pencil moustache? I was going to go Andrew Scott. Oh, hot priest. Yeah, he'd be good. Well, I mean, uh, right now... He every... can do anything. He can do He's anything. in 1917 and is brilliant in like three minutes. I mean, can you imagine like a, like a two-hour, one-take sex film? <laughs> 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 oh my god, that's on my dad's docket. Don't don't go spoiling the future for no, him. All right. Now the next one is a real Rorschach test for you. It is the two people walking during the credits of the bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've been confronted with just two pairs of feet. Yeah, but you know, you know, um, man and woman. Oh, the bi- the bill. The fucking- now, now you're talking my language. Proper crime. Show. I used to love the bill as a kid. Yeah. I used to watch it all the time. Yeah. Um, my mum hated us watching it. My mum's not big into TV. Sure. She banned us from watching Neighbours and Biker Grove. Really? Yeah. We couldn't watch The Simpsons. We weren't allowed to watch anything that wasn't ABC, the uh, Australian broadcaster. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, there you go. Well brought up kids. Are we? Look at us. What a disappointment we must be to our parents. So fucking bougie. (laughs) Drinking wine at 11 o'clock in the morning talking about porn. (laughs) It's grapes. It's grapes. It's It's just grape juice, of course. It's a fruit platter. Um, Okay, so so do we think that these two are together? I'm a man and a woman. Like I said, Jamie, Rorschach. So you can, are they walking to somewhere to fuck? Are they? Are they? Le- I think they're leaving their secret sex nest. Are they cops? So 
I yes, but they work in different departments. Oh, really? Yeah, they met during some sort of like weird office party thing. Sure. Did cops have that? Probably. I don't know. And they're trying to keep it hidden, but the problem is she's just had a promotion and she'll be joining his team, but as his superior. <gasps> yeah. Do you think that will make things more interesting in the sack? Well, she's saying this was the last fuck. Oh. They're walking back to the, you know, police station <laughs> after what she's promised will be the last time. Sure. It's not going to be the last time. We know it's, it's not going to be the last gonna time. Be. And he's like, he's accepting it for now, but you know, he's just going to walk in, she's going to be like his boss. He's not going to be able to handle, you know, his sexual attraction to her. So this one ends in tears. And what I'm saying. they meet at the same hotel every time. And at the end of, of the fuckery, they walk downstairs and they pay the bill. <laughs> That's why it's called the bill. I love it. Thank you. Now, what I'm going to do now is before we finish up, um, mm-hmm. I am going to get you to read... If you're a man, oh my god, is this the book? The- my dad's dreadful yes. story. Are so you if you just pass me? pass me the iPad, yeah. Now, um, again, uh, listeners, I'm so obviously, excited about well, this. the listeners, loose, loose units, listeners know dad very well. Yes, this story is called The Wooden Lady, an erotic tale by John Verhoeven. Okay, I'm so thank you very much, Jamie. I'm so nervous about this. Uh, me too, actually. Why am I so excited about reading it? Well, it's it's like it's, he knows that I'm reading it, right? Yeah, he knows. Okay, good, fine. It's a different. You're reading a different dad's dreadful story. Okay. But this is from the mind oh, it's of... long. It's long. That's what... Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. It is very long. What? You do- oh, mean, my God. I told He's him... gone to town. I told him to keep it in check. But, I mean, you can... John! Do you want to fang it through this? Or, I mean... Uh, no, look. fuck it. I'll just read it blind. Right. Here we go. The Wooden Lady. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I won't do it in an, in an Aussie accent. No. I spent a great deal of my early youth watching television. Firstly, on a black and white television called a pie pedigree. It's not sexy yet, is it? Not really. The thought of owning or seeing the new fan dangled color oh, the seeing the new fan dangled color television was about as likely as me being able to time travel. It was 1970 when we moved to England for a year, and it was there that I saw color television for the first time. This is just a whole paragraph on him. It's about him watching television. You, now you see what I said, right? Remember, I said it's become about dad, and I think he's internalised that. So he thought naturally we want to hear a story about him. Also, <laughs> I do. I know less so. I do too. But also, you'll notice we've instantly travelled, and we're in England now. Yes, where Belinda is. And did he really live there for a year? Yeah, he did. Oh, cool. Is this a prequel? <laughs> <laughs> if he meets Bella, if, I'm leaving. Well, my dad's Belinda's dad. <laughs> Belinda's my, my sister. <laughs> you don't want that. No. I say saw, well, technically, yes, but it was only really the colour glow emanating from a neighbour's lounge room window at night. Oh, so he didn't have a colour TV himself. Right. I couldn't hear the television, but I really didn't care, because the one thing I am blessed with is a vivid imagination. Yeah. Yes, John. Yep. I would often stand on the footpath and watch a snippet of some TV show. I would end up interpreting various TV shows to suit my own particular slant on what I perceived to be the storyline. Okay. I certainly didn't care that my storyline invariably had zero to do with the actual theme or script of the BBC or ITV programme. He's going to write a sexy like, TV show. Can I just say something quickly? Uh, now, Jamie, my, I have ADD mm-hmm. and ADHD and a, a litany of other things. We think my dad might have ADD. Oh, I told him to write a sex story. We. I love that. We. Family meetings have been going on for years. <laughs> we he's definitely got it. Man. We are diagnosing off screen. But the thing is, he's not there yet. Like, he's clearly gotten distracted one paragraph yeah. in. Well, true. Yeah. But, you know, 
I'm I'm willing to see where this goes. How is the right like is it written okay? It's actually not that badly written. I mean it's boring, but it's not badly written. <laughs> me off my knitting <laughs> oh i say it's boring now what the fuck has this got to do with the price of fish jesus nothing i hear you say john you're literally speaking my language but my but my tangential point will reveal itself for i you see he's aware that he was on a tangent so that means that he is a good writer sure i mean he can write for i will never forget one winter's night in a village out of nottingham that while standing on the footpath watching the neighbour's colour television, a naked lady entered the lounge room of the neighbour's house. Oh, wow. She was wearing a see-through and through spelt T-H-R-U. Is that how you spell it here? Nope. Cool. <laughs> He's just down with the kids. <laughs> it's like text speech. She dabbed her way into the lounge <laughs> room. <laughs> we aren't down with the kids either. No. Uh, she was wearing a, a see-through nightdress, and I will never forget her nipples. Wow. Oh my god, I will never forget her nipples like plumber's thumbs, the <laughs> saying goes. <laughs> Is that a saying? Plumber's thumbs? Also, it depends on the plumber in question. Exactly, it could be a whole range of thumbs. <laughs> but what makes this tale more incredible is that on the sofa, hidden from view, was a man sitting with his back to me. The television show, the television show that had me transfixed was now totally irrelevant. The lady, mid-thirties, tall, near six foot, and voluptuous in the extreme, suddenly... There are similarities to my dad's writing. Really? It's that kind of old... They're about the same age, our parents, I think. Uh, My dad's about to turn 60 in like a week. Oh, my dad's in his 60s. Right. Right. Early 60s, he'd like me to say. Suddenly, she ripped off her nightdress. She began dancing and gyrating in an almost (laughs) hypnotic trance. Her attention solely focused on this guy who was still seated on the sofa. Oh, God. Oh, my God, he's just sat there. It could be a body at this point. It's a crime story. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> although I was only 17. Oof. Oh, boy. Although I was only 17, I certainly knew about sex. In fact, I had a friend in a nearby village who showed me my first porn magazine called Health and Efficiency. There's no... That's not a thing. A nudism magazine. <laughs> oh, okay. So, right, so it's, it's... A nudism magazine isn't a porn magazine. You can't that's fap to a gazette. A beach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. I can still recall the lady on the cover of this magazine with her shaven minge. <laughs> and he's been kind and put minge in kind of quotation marks. Oh, sure. The image has remained indelibly etched on my brain. My friend kept the magazine treasured like gold, hidden in a haystack at a neighbour's farm. What the fuck? Now, a neighbour's farm. We found our first porno uh, hidden in the forest. Do you notice that men used to leave magazines in the woods? That's a weird thing. You did? Is this not a thing in England? We didn't live in the woods. We, I'm, I'm, I'm from Manchester, a oh, very, sure. very urban area. I got friends from Manchester. Yeah, you're right. It's very grey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no frolicking around in woods, unfortunately. Can't go porno scrumping in Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> so when I saw the lady basically having her way with the man sitting on the sofa, the memory of this magazine came flooding back to me. The beautiful, dancing, naked lady was becoming so aroused, she began to perspire with her glistening body visible to me standing outside. Ugh. Can she see him? No. <laughs> Hang or is, can... she da- is she really dancing to your dad? Well, I mean, I'm waiting for the inevitable eye contact moment. Yeah. Now, the question is how much of this is true and how much of it is going to be used as a jumping off point towards something <laughs> that is fictional because I really don't... This feels really self... like It's like autobiographical at this point. Because I, I don't really... Want to break that to you, but... I don't want to know about... Any of this. It's very specific. Yeah, it is. It's worryingly specific. Also, regarding specificity, Jamie, I told Dad, I'm like, come up with a character 
And he's just ignored that. Oh, my God. So now we're here in my dad's sex flashback together. <laughs> <laughs> Bit weird. Yeah. But, you know, welcome to my life. She took hold of the man's hands. Oh. And I got the impression that she wore the pants. She was definitely in control of this unfolding performance. The man was just a participant. In fact, from my vantage point, he was mirroring every thrust of her body. She began to kiss him like there was no tomorrow, and he did not flinch. Good! He is dead. I would like to think he... Oh, you're joking. No, well, I mean, if he's not moving... Because it's a crime thing. Oh, no. Is he dead? Hang on, he was... It looked like he was mirroring every thrust of her body. How can he see that? He's sitting down with his back to him. Well, if he's not dead, I would like to think that he isn't flinching when he gets kissed, because if he was flinching, that would be a problem consensual-wise, so that's good. The man continued to sit with his back to me on the sofa, but I could see quite clearly that the back of his balding head was shiny. She straddled him, and I assumed, based on what I now know... (laughs) I've done some reading. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know about it, but I do, so it's all good. As long as the author knows what he's talking about. Yeah. She straddled him, and I assumed, based on what I know now, she fucked him stupid. Well. In fact, I actually got hard. Oh, good God. No, I'm joking. I'm just trying to play you? with you now. Yeah. I appreciate In it. fact, I actually heard her shouting deeper, deeper, deeper. <laughs> and then she climaxed, quivering all over the shop. <laughs> all over the shop? Were they in a shop? It's just a phrase, isn't it? It's an old man phrase. Sure. I mean... It's sexy. Yeah. She then stared into the man's face. <laughs> Not into his eyes, into his face. <laughs> the whole, the whole face. face. She then stared <laughs> into the man's face and began to choke him with her bare hands. What the fuck is going on? She appeared to be killing him. I'd gone from being a very happy onlooker to being shit scared and wanting to leave. But I found myself riveted to my spot on the footpath. Can I tell you oh something? My God. Here's what's happened. Just as a prediction. Mm-hmm. Halfway through Dad writing the story, I've called him up and said, by the way, it needs to be crime related. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's, it's certainly taken a turn very quickly. Yeah, it's taken a pivot. I also like that he's, he's used a comma for dramatic effect, but he's used it incorrectly because he's put... A space, and then the comma, and then no space before the next word. All right. So it's an interesting, you know, choice. Sure, sure. Uh, it means it means a lot or nothing. Yeah. yeah. He appeared to have stopped moving and vanished from sight. The lady then stood once more, putting her skimpy nightdress on, bent over where I imagined the man was lying, and it looked as though she was slightly leaning over and dragging the man towards her back door. Didn't he vanish already? Oh, wait, did he slip? Vanish from sight, so I guess he was a slip down. He slipped down. She, she didn't, like, choke him and then he teleported away. No. Okay. No, it's not sci-fi. Come Good. on. Something very bad had happened and yep. was still happening. Yeah, this story. What the fuck am I going to do? You're dead. I've always been an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> <laughs> so I did what I thought was the most sensible yet exciting thing. I ran down the side of her house and crept towards an old shed that stood in the rear corner of her garden. I made a dash. Unfortunately, the door was unlocked. The shed was used for storing coal in those terrible winters. <laughs> Thank you for that uh, very specific... Very Thatcher-esque. <laughs> You're on your own. Heat yourself. <laughs> All good, or so I thought. From inside, I peered from a small window, having an unimpeded view to her back door. 
The door, as I had anticipated, awkwardly opened. How does a door awkwardly open? I don't know, it's like not sure whether it wants to. <laughs> the first thing I saw was the lady bent over. Oh. She was dragging the man who was on his back, appearing unconscious or dead. From my vantage point, <laughs> and with the light that was coming from inside the house, the woman's private parts, minge, and arse, <laughs> were literally staring me right in the face. Sure. At the same time? <laughs> yeah, She's that's an interesting... Uh, Maybe she's like a Picasso drawing. Oh, she's right. She's got, you know, an arse and minge on the front. Like a sexual Guernica. Can we also not say minge? It's like... Is minge short for something? In fact, I reckon I could see what she had for breakfast. Oh, Can we... Oh. Do you want to delve in? Yeah, I, what? I'm just... Which... Okay, first Are of all... you going to guess what she had for breakfast? Well, no, no, I'm guessing... <laughs> What I'm trying to because we've Muesli. got both holes are on display. Yeah, through which hole are we viewing the breakfast? Ah, uh, well, it can't be the minge. Well, it's the end of the day, which means it's passed from one to the other. If you anything, don't eat through your vagina. No, but I'm saying chronologically, uh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't gone from one to the other, Paul. It, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> I just, I mean, I feel like we are we are well and truly within the fiction of the story. Okay, yeah, me, yeah, me too. Which You're means kind of off the hook a little bit. I'm safer now. Yes, it's clearly bullshit. Yeah. Also, you'd like to hope. Yeah. See, you're now doing what I do. You self-rationalise. It isn't actually anything to do with your dad, and um, it? it's all just made up. And building walls. Anyway, out she came, pulling, sweating, twisting, and mumbling profanities. Oh. Then I saw it, a sight that has left me scarred. The guy had the biggest fat hard-on <laughs> I've ever seen. Oh, my God. Oh, fat. Is he dead? Or is it, fat. He, he's unconscious. If you die with a hard-on, yeah. do you have a hard-on forever? Well, you know when the wind changes and your expression is kept that way. <laughs> is it like that with your schwanz? I don't know, because... Like, how long does rigor mortis take to kind of set in? Like, is it instantaneous? <sighs> well, if... Is okay. it kind of... You do become kind of hard quite quickly, don't you? Your whole body when you die. I think so. But, you, I mean, if you die with an erection, the blood... I I don't think... That's embarrassing. I mean, that's why they call them stiffs, maybe. Every guy would love to die with a semi, just, you know, for the... With a, for a semi? Autopsy, just to, you know, be more impressive. So, yeah, the biggest fat hard-on I'd ever seen. It was 20 inches high. 20 inches. I mean, come on. <laughs> Glistening in the night, illuminated by the moon and house lights. It was massive in girth as well. Thank you. The diameter of a Valencia orange. Uh, how big's a Valencia? Uh, for three, four inches? I don't know what a Valencia orange is. A Valencia is like. Uh, let's just go on a regular. I mean. An orange. An orange. They're quite big. But an orange is big. A Valen- I think a Valencia is like your big orange. Fucking hell. Now, it's like I, the circumference of the Valencia orange. I would have said... Sa- the girth of his penis. I like, would have said like, like a... You want like a satsuma? That's like that. That's big. Isn't it? Like a satsuma... Yeah, right, exactly. Like a mandarin. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't matter what fruit it is. The point is it's too big. <laughs> it's clearly too big. 20 inches high. Tw- <laughs> I mean, come on, John. Um, it was now pretty certain that the lady had killed the man by strangulation. Sure. Totally fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I had witnessed my first murder, possibly <laughs> by misadventure, but still murder. Sure. The almost naked lady then dragged the poor man, stiff and stiff, into the centre of the yard. She glanced over at the shed and I had to hide, but where? And then sat in the corner, motionless. <laughs> <laughs> the door to the shed slowly opened. All of a sudden, she looked over in my direction and said, 
You can come out, John. What? Fuck. <laughs> she knew my name. Strangely, I felt super horny, and I stood up and glanced down at the fairly impressive bulge in my pants. Fairly impressive bulge in his pants. Congratulations, John. <laughs> Which orange is... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not a kumquat, is it? Um, so, John, did you see everything? I stuttered for a second, and I was about to answer, but she came closer to me. And without missing a beat, she grabbed my cock and balls, oh, God. squeezed ever so gently, oh, God. and pulled me towards the door. We walked outside the house, and I reluctantly glanced towards the man who was lying motionless in the garden, penis still rock hard. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make eye contact. Sorry. <laughs> I sometimes do that to fuck off the other two. Sorry. I'm getting way too comfortable in here. I'm like just reading it as if it's my dad's book. Yeah. Fuck me, I thought. This guy is a life-size puppet with no strings attached. Is he referring to himself in third person? <laughs> no, I think the, the dead guy. But the dead... Okay. Okay. He's like a marionette. Oh, sure. Which is what a life-size puppet with no strings is. I mean, it's not actually. It's got strings and it's not life-size. So <laughs> ignore what I just said. I'm drunk. Oh, my God. You've got me drunk. It's like, the wine's it, just hit me. What just, time is it? We've just crested midday. <laughs> On a fucking Monday. On a Jamie. Monday. <laughs> oh my god, don't. Okay. Um, and I'm reading pornography. This is the best day ever. Okay. Fuck me, I thought. This guy's a life size puppet with no strings attached. Yeah. And Rosemary, not her real name, he's already protecting people's identity, which means it is real. You think? If he's, has it, if he's having to protect her identity by giving her an alien, uh, by giving her an alias. Yeah. But how much of his police career do you think is a result of, like, trying to make up for this miscarriage of justice? Because if he doesn't report <laughs> He could this, have saved the man. Well, yeah, he was there. He basically kind of killed the puppet by not doing anything. Do you think he could have stopped this from happening? Yes. He was too horny. He wasn't such, yeah, such a dirtbag. Disgusting. Dad, you're revolting. <sighs> and Rosemary, not her real name, had actually carved this wooden man, painted him in high-gloss enamel. What? Especially his knob. What? Presumably to facilitate easy entry and exit during coitus. What? It's, sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. Oh my god, so it literally is it's... a life-size puppet with no strings. Wait, hang on. Is this a retcon? So is the guy... She strangled him. Is he a puppet? He's a puppet. Is she a, like a sex Geppetto? <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening? Oh my god. You know what this is? This is magical realism. Mm. It's like the, when when you die, you is he going to turn into a real boy? Well, you have to. Well, I mean, let's find out. Yeah, and I guess one major benefit was that he was always hard. Sure, you just got to get him to lie to adjust the length. Yeah. <laughs> 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 totally. Um, and it was called the wooden the wooden boy boy the wooden boy Bo- the, the wooden lady. Sure. Well, hang on. What? Oh, this is weird. Um. Anyway, and. Anyway, I was so hard by now, presuming that we were going to fuck, that I reckon I could have hung 30 wet beach towels over my cock. (laughs) I'm just going to carry on. Wet. The weight. The wet. Yeah. The (laughs) wet's so strong. Yeah. So much blood. Sure enough, in we went, right into the lounge room where not 30 minutes previously she had fucked the puppet stupid. Rosemary then disrobed, sat on the sofa, parted her legs, revealing herself unashamedly to me. By now I was delirious. Suddenly she threw me an object which I caught. It was best described as a latex brick, 
brick. <laughs> and upon further inspection, I realised it was a latex vagina. Wow. I mean, what? This is about the 70s. This is way ahead of time. Is this the origin of the fleshlight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. And she said to me, Take the towels off first. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Hang them up properly. Fuck it, she said to me. And so I lost my virginity that night to a prosthetic vagina. Well, that's not losing your virginity. No, you can't it's not. lose your virginity to a prosthetic vagina. No, it's my first sex was my hand. It's the same <laughs> yeah. thing. <laughs> and so I lost my virginity that night to a prosthetic vagina while she spread eagled on the sofa playing with herself she came I came well good and the puppet in the yard he just lay there <laughs> smiling at the moon is that it? That's it. Can I just say, there's a few problems with very this. Very good, actually. I mean, yeah. is, it, is it good? I thought it was quite good. I mean, yeah. first of all, the wooden lady, not a thing. No, she wasn't wooden. No. And how does he know the puppet's smiling if they're in the next room? <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe it was always smiling. Oh, sure. Just sm- I mean, because puppets don't change their facial expression. It's an assumption. Last I saw it, it was smiling. Um, I mean, that was less confronting than I thought. And better written than my dad's stuff. But is the better writing a problem? Do you want? Yeah, ba- it makes it more real. It makes it ickier. Do you know what I think? You know what's funny is I actually I suspect the first third of that is completely true. Oh yeah, like the stuff about the TV set for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think he probably watched someone. I think it was all true. Really? I mean, that just that 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 just changes my worldview. So what you think it stopped being true? What? So he saw a sex show basically. I think so. he saw two people have sex and she pulled the ninety off and they had sex. But I don't think he went back and she like both her orifices were displayed yeah, at the same time. And he didn't have a twenty inch high penis. That's just ridiculous. And what's funny is the penis didn't come into play later on. No, if you're gonna describe it, use it for God's sake. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yep. Yeah. I, but do you know what? For a first attempt at erotica, I'd say it's poor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, have you? But it's not about the quality; it's about having a go. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls at home, if you want to write an erotic novel, just have a go. Just do it. You know why not? And on a serious note, mm. that is what's great about my dad. He just wrote it. Didn't care what people thought, but still doesn't care what people think of it. And there's something quite, quite inspirational about that. He just wanted to do something, and he just got off his ass and he did it. But when your dad wrote the stories, did he anticipate an audience? Because I know that dad no. didn't. Because dad didn't solve crimes in the hopes that one day he'd be talking about. Yeah, it, right? yeah, yeah. So hang on, you're going to run out of crimes. Are you worried about that? Ah, but I was going to ask you the same question. You're ah. going because you already technically ran out of stories that he wrote before he got famous. Yes, that's true. Yes. Now, have you noticed a like a like a difference in writing style? Yes. In what there respe- is a difference? In what respect? Um. He's more confident. Sure. I mean, um, the the latest season starts with Belinda being hauled back from... From heaven. From heaven. <laughs> yeah. I mean... So some people think it's ridiculous, but he was always ridiculous. Like he wrote about, like I said, Blue Seaman before anyone was listening to it. And, yes. And, yeah, I don't know. Um, it, but I like reading them now because I feel like he knows that people are listening to it, but he doesn't know why they like it. Okay. So there's a kind, so the naivety is still there, but he's trying extra hard, gotcha. which I think is even funnier yeah, in okay. a weird way. Okay. Um, and actually, the story is pretty good now. I mean, it, I mean, it's not, but you know, compared to what it was, that, that there's that stuff's happening, and yeah. there are some shocks. It's know. it's it's a, it's a genuinely good listen, and for loose units listeners, if you've not heard my dad wrote a porno, oh yeah, you must listen to it. What the fuck are you doing with your lives? <laughs> and it's not that disgusting. I mean, it is quite d- dirty, but. You know, but it's, it's great. mainly, you know. And one of the reasons we wanted to do this is because it's two people whose dads tell 
horrifying stories, horrifying for different reasons. Mm. And so we got together and necked a bottle of a wine called Quickie. Quickie. With an exclamation mark. I love that. And, uh, and it's been, I mean, it's been great. Have you had a good time? I've loved it. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for it's coming. It's been really fun. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Is a dreadful double entendre. <laughs> uh, and it's been, it's been absolutely lovely. And yeah, make sure you listen to my dad read a porno. If you're not listening to Loose Units, well, well, I mean, you literally are. You are right now. Dad, if you're listening to this, which I know you are because you listen to your own show, which is the height of hubris, <laughs> uh, then please don't write any... Jay, do you have anything you want to say to my dad I, I would just say, John, like, that was a really good effort. Genuinely was a good effort. Right. It was interesting. It was kind of dramatic. Mm. It went places... We were shocked. Sure. Had twists. Yep. I think solid effort. Go, John. Excellent. But if you're going to put it like a massive, like Valencia-sized phallus in a story, <laughs> use it. <laughs> yeah. I get. Uh, you know what? I guess it did get used off camera, so to speak. Yeah, and also, you know, maybe he was going to save it for later. You know, sure. I mean, for There's later. a whole book here. Yeah, this is just the start.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 